0: Ross Tucker football podcast it is a wisdom Wednesday presented by the DraftKings sportsbook app America's number one rated sportsbook app I'm Ross Tucker former NFL offensive lineman most of you already know that I love podcasts I love you guys I love talking about football I feel very fortunate to be able to do that with people like the great Andrew Brandt at Andrew Brandt on Twitter. He's the one that provides the wisdom on a Wednesday. We'll get to Andrew momentarily. Uh, by the way, Andrew kind of in the woods. So he will be audio only for those of you that are loving the new YouTube page, YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. As a reminder, I know several of you had me do cameo videos for you. I'm giving away a cameo video every week for, I don't know, foreseeable future to different people that go ahead and sign up to subscribe to our new YouTube page. So Friday, Friday show, I'll just say, Hey, YouTuber, sign up person. Let me know YouTube subscriber. Let me know who you want me to give a shout out to. I'll do a video on my phone, post it to YouTube Send you the link. It'll be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Almost as awesome, by the way, as whoever's going to wing my NFLPA player ID card. I don't even know if you're allowed to give those away. But what? I'm not, I'm not a player anymore, so I'll give you my NFLPA ID card. Why not? You can have it. It'll be awesome. Be like, yeah, this is what it uh, uh, looks like when a player has an NFLPA ID card. Don't try to pretend like you're me, by the way. But I think you'll enjoy that. So a lot to get to um i'll get to the next patron shout out on friday there's a lot to talk about with andrew we just talked about him uh, we talked with him on friday yet there's still a lot to talk about with him it's big show time the big show andrew always good to talk with you even though i can't actually see you today i hope you're having a great time in the mountains and enjoying yourself um before we get into anything else I've seen you on some other shows. I know you had yet another really cool Business of Sports podcast this week. I want to make sure you tell everybody about it.
1: Yeah, Ross, good to be with you. Audio only until the end of July before back to, uh, back to reality and the NFL starting, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Liz Clark, what a wonderful reporter for the Washington Post, and the world was talking about her story last week. About dysfunction with the Washington Football Club, especially the owner, Dan Snyder, and just the culture, the way they treated young women, the way they told them to wear tight, tight outfits for sales meetings, what happened with the cheerleaders on their trip with sponsors and ticket holders, and just the toxicity that came out in light of the, the name change doesn't seem to change the dysfunction of the Washington Football Club, all related to the owner tolerating it, if not being involved actively. She really dives deep. So everyone, please listen. Uh, Liz Clark of the Washington Post on the Business of Sports podcast this week.
0: Awesome. Um, that's that's a great get, Andrew. That's the perfect person at the perfect time. Um, I do want to ask you, by the way, I know what you said on Friday about Dak Prescott getting a much better contract then Patrick Mahomes has gotten a lot of attention. I've seen other agents like uh, Blake, I think Barrett's or Blake Barats. I forget how to say his last name. He has agreed with you, yet for whatever reason, uh, I guess you were telling me offline that you're getting a bunch of flack for it?
1: Yeah, I think what happens with these contracts, and I get it, is everyone focuses on the number, and that's been great for Mahomes' PR, you know, the $500 And people kind of equate me saying Dak will get a better, I don't think I said bigger, but better contract, meaning he'll get 600 million or 550 million. I don't mean to suggest that at all, just to clear that up. I think Dak Prescott will do a shorter deal. And if you compare in 11 years, 12 years, we look back in 2031, Dak will have made a lot more than patrick mahomes because he would have had one two three maybe four bites at the apple by then that was my feeling about him and just to compare if he does nothing for two years nothing but sign franchise tags he'll make 68 million dollars patrick mahomes will make 63 million for the next three years not two three years so, I, I think there's some problems short lived with the Mahomes contract. I've even dug deeper this week, wrote about it in Sports Illustrated. It's far below Ryan Tannehill for three years, it's far below Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. <laughs> you know, it's going to be, be some higher numbers later in the deal, but the next few years, I'm just not understanding this contract, Ross.
0: You know, Andrew, it's a good point because it seems like there's a realistic possibility that Dak does just do the franchise tag this year and next year. And then he is a free agent in 2022 when the new TV money's kicked in, more of the sports betting money has kicked in, and he would be totally free at that point. You know, it's actually hard to imagine him not getting a a better contract if it plays out that way.
1: I've got no loyalty to Dak Prescott, to Pat Mahomes. I, I think they're great leaders for their teams. I think they're really good players, obviously. But I just see that this money issue favors Dak tremendously. And I'm just wondering why Mahomes did this deal. And I want to push back against this one narrative. And this applies to all players, not these two. You know, that Mahomes really wanted to be on the team. Why? <laughs> He could really want to be on the team and do a three-year deal, a four-year deal, a five-year deal, and maybe that's suggesting Dak doesn't want to be a Cowboy for a long time. Of course he does, and he will be. The Cowboys are never going to put him out into free agency. So let's just let's just be real about what these contracts are and what they aren't. And I get it. There's a half billion number attributed to Patrick Mahomes. But as I point out this week in Sports Illustrated, Ross, I worry about this contract because I learned the hard way in Green Bay that doing a contract that's lopsided never, never is good for the team. And quarterbacks will pass him by. They already have, and he hasn't even, just the ink is barely dry. So I worry about this contract long term for the Chiefs.
0: Andrew, let's dive into the NFL and NFL PA stuff. Uh, there's yeah. a lot going on, no preseason games, 80-man rosters, they've agreed to the everyday testing. As I like to do, your thoughts on where we are right now and what we've come to know over the last couple of days. I've
1: said it on your show a couple times, the preseason's an easy give from the owners. It's really hurts, as you know, better than I do the undrafted low round picks more than anyone. The owners are not really too concerned with that group. So the owners gave in on the preseason. They do lose money. So we'll give them that. And the health and safety seems to be figured out. But as I've said a long time, it's that's the easy part of this negotiation. The hard parts coming and I'll give kudos to both sides in the next week if they actually get this done. And what I mean is the economics. We've heard bits and pieces about 35% escrow. We've heard about $40 million drop in cap next year. We've heard about the union wanting to spread it out over 10 years. We've heard about the owners wanting to take the hit now. This is going to be tough. It was in baseball. Baseball never did get a deal done. The owner imposed the season. So uh, kudos to the NFL and NFLPA. We're working out the health and safety. But here comes the hard part. Here comes the money, and let's watch this the next few days.
0: So, unlike baseball, Andrew, the the NFL already has this set. I mean, in terms of what the CBA already says, they could just go with what happens. This year will be this year the way it's already set. The revenue will be a lot less, and so next year's cap would go way down. The players don't want that, they want it to be smoothed out. The owners look at that, right. I guess, like they're giving the players a loan when they do that. But ultimately, don't you feel like the players have the leverage here? In the sense, Andrew, that the owners don't really want the cap to only be 140 million next year either. I mean, they they know that that would cause them to have to cut uh really good players and it would be a crazy year, that's probably not good for anyone. I know they don't want to quote unquote, give the players a loan, but I think the players have the leverage because they know that the, the teams, they don't want to have the cap go down $60 million next year and have the absolute anarchy that would be in from a contract standpoint.
1: Well, there's a reason why the players want to smooth it out over 10 years, the losses. And the owners don't. And I guess it gets down to this whole issue of deferrals. Uh, money now is better than money later. The owners want to take the hit uh, with the players, may make them take the hit. I guess my thought, Ross, is that owners will will extract pain from the players, and we can say, oh well, the cap is set. But you know my my theory about minimum spending on the teams. They don't really get their feet held to the fire. It's only four year looks maybe three years with the new CBA coming up, but I think they will extract pain this year and then we'll see what happens next year. But yeah, I I get it. They don't want to have $150 million payrolls compared to 200, but there's a reason they want it (laughs) now rather than later. And when you say they don't want that because they don't want to have to cut good players, well, Everything I'm hearing is they do want that. And maybe that's an opening offer and maybe the result is it's spread out over 2020, 2021, 2022, but this is coming and I understand your question, but everything I hear from ownership is the sooner, the better, even if that means cutting into this year, if they can get that.
0: And I've seen you write about this, Andrew this concept of the owners running out the clock. And essentially what that would mean would be that the players would have to take all of the pain of the decreased revenues this year, next year. I mean, they they could make, they could, the NFL could do no deal on the finances and next year the players would be hurt very badly because the cap would go down significantly. Is that what you mean by run out the clock? Somewhat, what I really mean is the baseball blueprint, which is the owners
1: kind of delayed, 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 and by the time they said we'll do a deal or we'll we'll figure this thing out now, they really could only get sixty games in, which is what the owners wanted, or they probably wanted fifty games. And by the time you know the players are like, we got to get to work, we got to go, we'll just do whatever. And I sense that with the NFLPA. they got to get to work. they got to get to camp. And once they're in camp, you know, if negotiations don't go well with the league, what are they going to do? Walk out? I mean, it seems to me this is strategic, that the owners haven't really gotten into the financial. Players are already reporting to camp. So now we have contentious negotiations going on while players are practicing or going through their protocols or testing. And to me, that's advantage ownership. Once you got them, as I say, in the gates, then you can negotiate more firmly. That's my thought.
0: You know, Andrew, I think it's interesting in the sense that The players look at it, why would we play preseason games? They don't count. We want to get to the regular season. That's when we get our paychecks, et cetera. But there is a decent amount of local revenue that comes along with that, right? I mean, I guess this year there would especially be less because it wouldn't be tied into the season ticket package if they're not allowed to have fans. But um, the the players are still hurting themselves a little bit there, right? I mean, the, the veterans wouldn't even be playing in the games. And yet it's still revenue. It's a decent amount of local revenue that still goes into the calculation that the players are going to be hurt by a year from now.
1: There's no question, Ross. I mean, you're talking to someone from Green with 10 years in Green Bay, and we'll talk about their, their financials in a second. I mean, that's two hits to the economy, two preseason weekends. And Green Bay schedules a lot of things around those weekends. One's a Shriners game, long-time tradition, all those things. So, yeah, in some markets, preseason games are exactly the same as, as regular season games. And I'm thinking about the economic impact to places like Green Bay. It's, it is significant. I think what we're, what we're trying to do, and I, I apologize if I'm kind of sloughing off, hey, no preseason, no big deal is that we're dealing with a bigger picture here (laughs) and what you and i have not talked about is the real issue which goes well beyond sports like is this going to happen because of a surging virus in a sport where we're not i repeat we're not going to bubble and i have my questions i think any reasonable person does
0: You know, speaking of the business of sports in the NFL, there's a report out that players are going to be able to wear decals on their helmets for victims of systemic racism, police violence. I've already gotten an email before I even recorded this show today with you. I've gotten an email or two. Um, One, I already read. I, I haven't read the other one. Andrew saying they're done with the NFL. They don't want that negativity thrown in their face. I think it's an interesting decision by the NFL because it is going to turn off some fans who just don't want to have to deal with, I think, serious issues in their mind when they turn on the TV. From a business perspective, what do you think of that decision with the helmet decals?
1: Well, I think it's a compromise, Ross. I I totally get that you're getting the pushback I get it when I tweet about social justice. I get it. Uh, we've known it for years now, uh, since Colin Kaepernick first knelt in 2016. I guess I'm thinking compromise because when I first read it, I didn't read it so closely. I was talking to my son. I'm like, oh, wow, they're going to allow these on the back of their jerseys. And then it's like, no, it's not jerseys. <laughs> it's helmet. So, I guess I see that as a compromise. You know, NBA is, of course, back of the jerseys. They're not going there, but they're going part way to appease the players, I think. Um, interesting compromise there. I think we're going to find out more about that, Ross. I don't know if they're going to agree to that for the whole season. Maybe I missed it. Maybe they have but I just sense it's kind of a short-term thing, just just my own sense. We'll see.
0: Last thing, Andrew, got to get your thoughts on it. Every year I do. Packers came out with their annual financials record revenue of $507 million, profit of $70.3 million, and as you pointed out on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt, the national revenue, $296 million, Andrew. Is there anything different to say this year than we say every year when this comes out? <laughs> well, I say my story every year.
1: I tell you, first of all, in my 10 years, it came out every time this time of year, I would get at least two or three agent calls telling me how I, they think that I should spend their profit. And I'm like, okay, we got it. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, this is the one snapshot that the world gets of the NFL because every other team is private. They're not going to release it. Um, striking numbers, 500 million in revenues. You know, when I was working there and i left 2009, we approached 300 million. So now what are we 11 years later? And they're at 500 million. Um, and then the 70 million profit, you know, last year the profit was, was negligible Ross. And then they attributed cause that's the year they did Aaron's deal. And I, you know, you can sort of look at these things like Aaron had a 56 or 60 million bonus. And now we're looking at 70 million profit. It's it's interesting how you can equate those things. No huge contracts for the Packers this year. And that profit is astounding. I don't know how you juxtapose it with the other teams. That's the ultimate question. But one thing you can say with the other teams, which you mentioned, I mentioned the 290 million number, 96 million. Oh my God. Let me just be clear, that's before you turn the lights on. That's before a, a dime of local revenue. That's national licensing and most importantly, national media. Wow, what a business. 300 million before you turn the lights on. And the cap, as I noted, is 200 million. As people pointed out, there's benefits too. I would estimate benefits 40 to 50 million. So let's say $250 million a player costs. And before any local revenue, the owners have $296 million. That's a good business.
0: Heck yeah, it is. Andrew, having (laughs) you on is good for my business. At Andrew Brandt on Twitter. Another awesome business of sports podcast this week with Liz Clark. If you want to dive into that Washington situation I haven't seen a better place where anyone's done it. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show as always. Thanks Ross, always a pleasure. You know what else is a pleasure these days? Raycon earbuds. Bri, I have become an earbud guy. I I, I never really was before, I am now. What I love about the Raycon earbuds, half the price of the other premium wireless earbuds that are on the market, and they sound just as amazing as all the other uh, brands that you've heard of that are overpriced. So I got the Everyday E25 earbuds. Intern Casey, who's young and cool and in college, got them as well. I got the white ones. I think she got the black ones. Anyway, they're awesome. And right now, you can get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash tucker that's buyraycon r-a-y-c-o-n dot com slash tucker you get 15 percent off the already less expensive raycon wireless earbuds even one of my go big guys got them already when i told him about them because i have them one of the go big guys has it casey has it they're awesome Especially if you're working out, doing family walks, going for the bike, you know, bike rides, you got to get them. Buy raycon.com slash Tucker.
2: Tuck All right, Ross. So you touched on it with Andrew. Your thoughts no preseason games, 80 man rosters, and daily COVID testing.
0: Well, I think it stinks. Uh, I I totally understand it, but my perspective, based on my experience, It stinks. I mean, 320 guys, 10 guys per team are going to get cut in the next couple days just because they didn't do anything wrong. They haven't even had a chance to perform yet. Most of them are going to be rookies, undrafted guys like I was, but they want to have less people at training camp. They believe that's safer, social distancing, everything they're trying to do. Look, I get it. I understand it. That doesn't mean I have to like it. I know these 22 and 23 year olds have put their entire life into this opportunity and now it's going to be gone before they even get a chance. It stinks. There better be a spring league. There better be like an XFL or something so that these guys get some shot at their dream. And then the no preseason games really bothers me. We talked about it with Andrew you're losing revenue that they weren't going to really – I mean, the guys that are negotiating weren't going to really play anyway. So I don't know why they would lose revenue and cap money for next year for a game they weren't going to play in anyway, number one. And number two, it just further reinforces that the young guys won't get an opportunity. I mean, there's going to be eight padded practices. So you get 320 guys cut and then eight padded practices to show that you deserve to be on the team, no preseason games. I got news for you, Brian. I, I, I would not have made the team if that were the case back in 2001. I would not be doing this podcast. People would not be watching me on YouTube or listening to me. It stinks. And that's all I have to say about it.
2: Tuck Stakes. All right. What about the report that players are going to be able to wear decals on their helmet to support victims of racism and police violence?
0: So this is one of those topics. We get them every once in a while that I really don't like talking about because what I've noticed is that no matter what I say, people will get upset. People will somehow get offended. I'll actually get tweets or emails from people on both sides telling me that I should have said this or they don't like that I said that. Here's what I think. I think that players that use their platform to try to make the world better, I think that that's fantastic. And I have a lot of respect for players that want to try to improve things in their communities. I also totally understand fans who look at sports as a reprieve, who look at sports as a place to get away from the other ills and issues in society. So I feel like I'm allowed to say both those things. I feel, like, I feel like it's okay to say I understand why people feel the way they feel differently about things like this. And that's it. That's what I'm going to say. Ducks Takes.
2: Other news includes Michael Bennett retiring after 11 seasons in the NFL, Texans and Chiefs rookies reporting for COVID testing, New Jersey announcing that there are going to be no fans for Jets and Giants home games this season.
0: So Michael Bennett had an awesome career. He was an undrafted free agent. You know, that's kind of one of the themes, Bri, of today's show. Michael Bennett was an undrafted free agent, went on to be a multiple-time Pro Bowler, multiple-time All-Pro, won a Super Bowl, had an awesome career, an absolutely awesome career. So good with his hands. Such a smart player. So kudos to him. This Texans and Chiefs thing. Like you want to talk about a waste of money and time. They flew in the rookies. To give them all COVID tests. And then they're going to have to cut 10 of them. In the next couple of days when the NFL and the NFLPA agree to 80 man rosters and send them home. So they literally flew kids to their city Stuck something up their nose to test them. Hey, you tested negative. Congrats. You're fired. Go back to where you're from. Good luck with your 9-5. to five. I mean, that that's one of the reasons why it would have been nice if they figured this out ahead of time. And the no fans thing stinks. I don't really understand why you have to say it for the whole season now. I guess maybe they reserve the right to change their mind later. But it doesn't seem to me to be like, the type of thing that you have to say now. The type of thing I have to say now is that I'm fired up for today's Even Money podcast with Fezik. He's got some NFL prop bets that he's really into and he wants to get into, which is awesome. He also wants to talk baseball and NBA. As you guys know, those are not my jam, which is why I'm so happy for the BetQL app. Even have some of the patrons... You know, on on the private Slack channel, patreon.com slash RT Media. Jim Hines is one of them. Love BetQLs. Either get the BetQL app or go to betql.co. They have all of the data and all of the algorithms so that they can tell you what their five-star bets are. So on today's Even Money podcast, I've got a bet. i got an over-under bet in the Nationals and Yankees Opening day tomorrow, thanks to the BetQL app. So, uh, don't tell the people on the Even Money podcast, but that's where my information's coming from on that one. BetQL. Let's do an email, Bry. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's, here's your, your chance. chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address is ross at rostucker.com. By the way, Bry, how unbelievable is intern Casey? I just watched like the little video thing you did there on our YouTube thing, YouTube.com/slash Ross Tiger NFL. She even did like YouTube transitions for Ask Ross. I mean, her attention to detail is that was awesome, right there. That that like Ask Ross transition that was awesome, wasn't it?
2: That was great, yeah. And she's continually updating here. Here I tweaked this one, I tweaked that one. Here's an updated Tux takes. So, God bless her, doing a great job.
0: All right. So what do you got? All right. Hey, oh, Ross. Oh, I should mention, by the way, you take advantage of any sponsor ever, whatever you want, Amazon, even if you just rate and review the show, send it to me, ross at com. Ask any question you ever want. I promise I'll answer it.
2: All right. Today's question. Hey, Ross. Hey, Brian. Good day from Down Under. I hope you and your families are holding up well under the circumstances. And uh, hopefully it is daddy soda time all the time. I purchased flowers from your sponsor, one 800 flowers. Dot com Using the code football for my mother who lives in the Bay Area and is quarantined there. I have attached a picture of that confirmation receipt. Um, here's my question. If games are canceled for the NFL this year, a viable solution for the NFL could be to import NFL players, staff, officials, TV crews, etc. into Australia or any other country similarly situated. Quarantine them for two weeks. Assign them home stadiums, maybe a rugby or soccer stadium. Let them play whilst... I love that word, whilst televising the games back stateside. The games could be played on Monday mornings, maybe Tuesday afternoon, local, in order to broadcast live to the states. Living facilities would be cheap. Hotels are empty because the country won't be open for tourism until sometime in 2021. It would just be a matter as to whether the Players Union would oppose being apart from their families for the season though Andrew Brandt did mention that there was a force majeure clause that may affect whether opposition could be contractually raised. What do you think? That's from Anthony. He
0: says, final thoughts, go Niners, mustard is terrible, and he still hasn't heard Lizzo there. How is that possible?
2: No. Uh, well, well, you're asking how mustard is terrible? I, I totally get that.
0: Brian, have you ever had spicy mustard? That's disgusting. It's delicious, number one. Number two, one of our listeners, Brian in Maine, (laughs) just sent me a couple bottles of uh, spicy mustard from Maine. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't gotten them yet, but he emailed me to let me know he was sending me spicy mustard. Who has the best listeners ever? I mean, like, I literally have a guy from Maine who listens to the show sending me spicy mustard. Winning hashtag me, Winning, because I love spicy mustard. I put spicy mustard on like everything. Anyway, um, I had unbelievable ice cream last night, by the way, Bri. It's Did you put Three spicy B's. mustard on it? Uh, no, I don't put mustard on it. But I had uh, waffle cone, of course. Two scoops, of course. Bottom was Moose Tracks. Delicious. You probably don't even know what that is, Bry. Loser. Do you even know what Moose Tracks is?
2: Yeah. Vanilla ice cream. And is that with the peanut butter cup? Uh, yeah. So
0: good. And like, it's like fudge ripple with, with the peanut butter cup. Oh, oh, oh. And then on top chocolate peanut butter cup. So it was basically like I had fudge ripple peanut butter cup and chocolate. It was so good. So good. Um, wife, daughters, but all three of them got cookies and cream all three, which cookies and cream you can't go wrong either. You really can't. Um, so, Anthony, uh, first of all, Brian, we've had this debate many times. I still think it's whilst, and you still think it's whilst. Yes. And we literally have done this 10 times on this show over the years, and I still don't know what the right answer and is.
2: And we'll probably still do it another 10 times before we figure it out. Can
0: someone say, t- tell, tweet me, does the start sound like while, like whilst, or is it whilst? That's all we need to know. Does it start like W I L L or does it start like W H I L E? Wait, now hang that's on a what second. What does know. it
2: start with? What 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 is that word spelled out like? W-H.
0: Whilst will I think I think I just remembered either one's acceptable. I think we've I, I think that's the answer. I think we've been told before that either one's acceptable. So mine's right and yours wrong is what that means if either one's except
2: <laughs> Yeah, we'll go with that, sure.
0: Uh, Anthony, look, I love where your head's at, bro. I love the idea, like, let's get the NFL season one way or the other. They're not sending every player, coach, broadcaster, they're not sending them all to Australia. I mean, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard. And there's so much money at stake that maybe they would do that rather than canceling the season. But I think they'd be more likely to just hit pause for a couple weeks or something. I, that I don't think that they would try to transfer the entire league to Australia. I, I just, I honestly, Anthony, I think they'd be more likely to try to find somewhere in the United States that they could do that. Like a bubble situation, like the NBA or whatever, and they'd find some place where there's a bunch of football fields and they'd put cameras, something like that. That's that's my sense, Anthony. Good question. Let's get to another one on Friday with the GC. Greg Cosell, uh, shout-outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, the greatest value in the history of podcast advertising for those two companies. DynastyFreaks.com for Dynasty Fantasy Football people. Pizza Boy Brewing, where I get almost all my beer, Pizza Boy or Trogues, uh for $100 a month you get a shout-out on every podcast. That's insane, I tell you. Patreon.com slash RT Media. They are, I think we're done here. Shout outs. Check out Even Money podcast later today. Fezzik is back and he's got some NFL prop bets. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft.
1: All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.